Hey guys, I'm excited to announce that our 2023 Impact Sports Golf Invitational, sponsored by Attestation Communications, is fast approaching on Monday, October 2nd at the beautiful Carolina Country Club, where the Corn Ferry Tour plays their BMW Charity Pro-Am. There's not a more fun way to support the Ministry of Impact Sports than by getting your foursome together and joining so many others competing on the golf course that day, but also raising the needed funds to help us fulfill the task that God has called us to. If you're not a golfer or you can't be there that day, there are still several other ways to sponsor the event. All the necessary information can be found on our website at impactsportsonline.org golf. As a reminder, early bird registration ends next Monday, August 21st. If you register your team by the 21st, you will be entered into a drawing for a free practice round for you and your team at Carolina Country Club before the tournament. Again, all the information can be found on our website, impactsportsonline.org slash golf. We hope to see you on Monday, October 2nd. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast possible. Let me tell you about our friends over at First Baptist North Spartanburg. First North exists to connect people to God and one another through Jesus Christ, to help them grow in their relationship with Him, and then to serve others in the name of Jesus. You can join them each Sunday in worship, led by the choir and orchestra at 9 a.m., or led by the worship band at 11 a.m. Bible Fellowship meets in between at 10 a.m. for everyone. There's something exciting happening for all ages at First North. You can find them on Facebook or online at firstnorth.org. Also, our friends over at Ivy O'Sullivan Healthcare. They've been the go-to for chiropractic care in Spartanburg since 1977. At Ivy O'Sullivan, they realize some people are nervous about traditional chiropractic care, and they don't want to hear their joints pop during adjustments. So they have other techniques along with traditional chiropractic to help your spine, no matter your preference. If you've been thinking about trying chiropractic, let me help you with that decision. My family and I have been patients for years and are grateful for the doctors and their great staff. They've gotten us up and running in some pretty difficult times. I highly recommend giving them a try. Plus, if you mention this podcast, they'll donate 100% of your first day's fees back to Impact Sports. So you can call them at 864-583-3967 or visit ivyosullivan.com today to feel better and to function at your best. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and and the forgotten. forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here is your host. Here's your host. Here's your host. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. Uh, As we walked into this year, we wanted to use this platform that God's given us to help highlight uh, other ministries and other folks doing ministry in in various sorts of ways. I've always been a team sports guy. And when it comes to the Great Commission, that really should be a team sport. But unfortunately, sometimes that's not always the case. And so we wanted to use this platform to do just that. Um, And so we're talking to people in these episodes about how they are using their particular gifts and their particular platforms to help complete the Great Commission. And that brings me to our guest today. Will Holcomb is a professional golfer who is just finishing up a summer on the Canadian Tour. Uh, I first met Will back at the beginning of June at the BMW Charity Pro-Am here in the upstate of South Carolina. It's a PGA Corn Ferry Tour event. 
And after spending a little bit of time with him, I knew he was someone that we wanted to have on the podcast. So, Will, welcome to I Say All That to Say This. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. All right. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just tell myself here. This is the <laughs> second time that Will and I have done this interview uh, in my mass, massive amount of technical uh, capabilities. I forgot to record the first Zoom call that we were doing. So this is uh, this is take two. <laughs> Uh, so we are more than comfortable with each other. So let's just jump right in. Uh, we'll ask you this first, and I do with all of our guests. Um, tell us your Jesus journey. Uh, you wouldn't be on this podcast if you didn't have a, a a growing relationship with Jesus. And so tell us kind of your journey, your story, uh, and how you got to where you are. Yeah, so I grew up in a, a small town called Crockett, Texas, um, about 6,000 people, and um yeah, grew up in church, the Methodist church. Um, my idea of who Jesus was growing up was he died for our sins. And so I just thought that's all we need to know, you know. And I remember being a kid playing golf and me and my buddies would uh, would be playing. And the oldest one, he said, you know, I'm I'm not going to cuss on the course today. Like I'm, we probably thought not cussing meant we were going to play better, which was isn't the case because, you know, these, some of these guys will beat the crap out of me and they'll, you know, cuss me up and down while they're doing it too. So, yeah. um, maybe, maybe that's why he was trying to quit, but he was trying to quit and we would be three holes in and we're 10 years old and we're just, just letting them fly. I mean, F bomb and throwing clubs and just acting like just debaucherous from, from top to finish. And so, um, I think that just speaks to the depravity that we had, um, as you know, kids, I mean, I'm sure we learned that by watching somebody, but you know, I mean, you hang around a two year old, they're selfish. Um, and so anyways, we were slaves to sin though. And so I was, I was exposed to pornography at a young age and, um, you know, was just consumed by it. You know, now the more you're in Christ, the more you, you see that, the total depravity of yourself before. And it's like, I remember early on in my testimony, I'd be like, yeah, I used to watch a little porn. Like, dude, I was addicted to it, you know? Mm. And, um, I remember, um, uh, I was in high school and I was like 17 and we, we were going around to tournaments and we went to this church and they were talking about baptism and being baptized. So I was like, you know what? I want to get baptized. And what I really wanted was uh, salvation, um, but and I wanted to make Jesus my Savior, but I did not want to make him my Lord. Or if I did, I didn't have anyone to walk through that with me. Um, and I had been to church camps and, you know, quote unquote, given my life to the Lord several times. Um, but just there was no practical action. There was no uh, change in my life whatsoever it was just i'm gonna try to read and i'm gonna try to be good and i'd try for like a week and i'd fail um and i think that has a lot to do with community i think that has a lot to do with um you know just a, a body of believers around me and so anyways i really don't believe i was saved because there's no life change and you know there, there can't be two spirits living right um in the same person and i definitely don't think I was walking in gentleness, kindness, self. There was no <laughs> self control. I yeah. mean, you know, you gave me 
five minutes in front of a screen. And I mean, I was going to find, find something I shouldn't be into. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so I, I got baptized at 17. I got wet, excuse me. I got wet at 17. And, um, pretty shortly after that, I lost my virginity and, um, then started dating another girl. And like during that time in my life, it, when I first got to high school, like 14, 15, my identity was 100% in golf. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as I got older, it was more girls focused. And I guess those were my two gods. I had two of my golf and girls. And so, um, when I came to college, I was dating a girl at the time and, um, I really wanted to live with her, but I knew my parents wouldn't let me do that. So right. I was trying to sneak around and I was like, maybe we could just get married because I liked her and I knew, you know, like she'd make a great wife. And so I was like, well, like, let's just get married. So I told my parents and my mom was like, Hey, you should go to this marriage conference. It's actually called a weekend to remember. I know yep. it doesn't sound too, too manly, but I highly recommend it. Uh, I've been, for actually. Listeners out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can, it's not as, as chick filled as it. I mean, there's 50% <laughs> yeah. 50 yeah. women there, but uh, it's absolutely. not as lame as it sounds. Right. Yeah. I agree. And, um, so anyways, we go to this, this marriage conference and they talk about God's design for marriage. They talk about, you know, why you don't have sex before marriage. Um, why you don't watch pornography. Like, why God has called us to all these things. Um, he, the selfless love that, that Jesus, you know, calls us to and shows, I was just like, man, I want a marriage like that. Like, I don't want to be just, you know, miserable in all these stereotypical sitcom ways, you know, right. where the wife is nagging and, um, and my girlfriend at the time wanted the same thing. So we're like, Let's just get married, you know, and I think that maybe we idolized marriage and we mm. thought like this would solve our problems. You know, I mean, my identity was in golf and in her and, you know, then we decided to get married and leading. We were talking last night with a friend of mine just about um, just how off we were. It was like. We were trying to walk with Jesus, but I mean, we were partying and, you know, I mean, we weren't sleeping together at the time, but, you know, it wasn't like we weren't thinking about it, you know? And sure. so anyways, we, we get married, um, uh, and I think all my problems are going to go away. I think, you know, it's going to be easy to walk with the Lord now and still we're not walking with him. And I remember. And this was that the summer, first. this was the summer between your freshman and sophomore year in college, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And it's kind of crazy. Just all the people that I don't want to say they affirmed us, but they're like, yeah, I mean, they weren't like, Hey, this is a bad idea. Yeah. It was like the Lord, even though we were making these dumb decisions, it was like, the Lord was like, just let them keep making dumb decisions. And I, I'll, I'll map all this out and clean it all up. <laughs> just, just, you know, they, they're going to take enough bad turns. They're going to end up on the right road. So, right. um, yeah, we, we, uh, we were married for our first year and I was miserable, man. I remember just it, the way I describe it to people when I, 
share with them about how bad it was. It just imagine a mountain with two rams, you know, with the curly horns, like just smashing into each other, just full speed. And it was just like we were trying to impose our will on one another. And mm-hmm. um, and I would pray, I remember praying, Lord, take take her from me. Like I'm not gonna get a divorce, but there's got to be somebody better out there, you know, mm. like, and, and I was like, just kill me or kill her. This is just miserable, you know? And cause I wasn't going to get a divorce. I, I knew that. And so anyways, the Lord killed us both. Like Galatians two twenty says for I no mm. longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live yeah. for him. And so, um, man, that was just, um, it's kind of funny just because he, he did answer the prayers. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like even the 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 probably the un- most unrighteous prayer, you know, pray somebody that dies and you know. And so, anyways, about six months after the first year, about a year, a year and a little change in, we start going to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um we would just go on Monday nights and we'd have conversation and uh people might share testimony or do a Bible study, but um, the guy who was head of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, his name is Matt Johnson. And Matt would always ask very good questions, push you to figure out, you know, what you believe and why you believe it. And, you know, I guess the difference between feelings and, you know, reality. And I think the the biggest thing, which I would just like to share on this podcast is like, really know where you are with the Lord mm. because in the South there's a Bible belt and we think we're all saved. We mm. think, Oh, I've heard of Jesus. I know the story of David and Goliath, but there's a difference between knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. We all know about Donald Trump. We all know about Tiger Woods. We know about his 15 majors. We know about his scandal. We know about the 70 wins, but I don't know what Tiger eats on the golf course. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what his favorite drink is does he like water or does he want lemon in it? I don't know. But I know what my wife likes to drink. When she when we go to a restaurant, I can order drinks for her. I can mm-hmm. order what she wants. I can tell you what she wants to eat. She doesn't like tomatoes on anything. You know, so yeah. It's like I know her. I know really who she is. And I think a lot of us know about Jesus, but we don't know Jesus. And that's mm-hmm. the scariest that was me. That was a, that and you know sometimes I like Maybe uh, I push people to really try to figure out, like, how is your life different? You know, because it's not that your life's different and that uh, means that you get to be saved. It's that you're saved. And so your life becomes different. And mm-hmm. so, cool. um, yeah, he, he would ask us that, though. Um, you know, how's your life different? And I was like, well, it's the same. What Different. I mean. I still cuss, I still drink and I still, you know, look at porn and, you know, I'm just this, I, I don't know how to quit. And I remember, I mean, I remember trying to quit. I remember trying to quit pornography, trying to quit cursing, trying to, you know, I never, praise God, never, uh, you know, really loved alcohol, just did it more socially. Um, but yeah, I just was a complete slave to, to those things. And mm-hmm. so um, I remember praying a hundred times, man, I would, I would just be like, Lord, I don't know if I'm on your team, but I really want to be, yeah. you know, like I really want to give you my life. 
you know, even as I'm falling, you know, more in, in, into sin again. And um, the difference, if, if you're if you're in that place and you're asking yourself those questions, just look at look at your life and look at the 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 mud, which is like represents sin in our in your life, and and ask yourself like, am I playing in the mud, mm. or did I just fall in the mud? Because there's mm. a complete difference. Sure, you know, uh, and we can't play in the mud as Christians, you know. So that's that's, uh, that's really, I guess, my story. And then fast forward, you know, last year, a year ago, almost today, uh, it was my wife and I's five-year wedding anniversary and I was like let's just like literally let's just pray like let's worship let's worship let's pray and just praise God that we're here that Mm -hmm. we're happily married that he did such a good work in us and and he he, I can't tell you how miserable it was but he he really turned it around Mm -hmm. and I mean that's what he does he's he's a redeemer yeah beauty from ashes that's right that's uh, right. So you guys have been married now six years? Yes, sir. Six years okay. last Saturday. Six years. And uh, mm-hmm. I know we talked about this on the first podcast a little bit, but she has ca- <laughs> she has caddied yeah. for you from time to time. Yes, sir. Tell me yeah. what that's like. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah no, it's, uh, man, actually, it's cool getting to do it over again. So... She was, she caddied at second stage. My sports psychologist usually caddies for me and she's great. Like she's, when she caddies for me, I've played two of the best rounds of my life with her on the bag. And, um, but she trained my wife to caddy for me. And there's things that my wife can say to me that my sports psychologist can't. And, um, my sports psychologist always asks me like, what are you afraid of? We talk about our fear. Let's just get past it and move, you know, accept it. And it's kind of like, let's address it instead of keeping it, in the back of your mind, trying not to think about it. And we were at second stage of Q school last year. And my wife said, we're on the 11th hole. She said, what are you afraid of? I said, everything. I just got to hit this three wood. I had like 265, 270 in this par five. And I was like, I just really need to hit it good. I mean, I wasn't playing. I was like one over in the, in that round. I was like four under total, but just didn't want to kind of let the, the round slip away. And I was like, I just need a perfect shot. And my wife or I said, she said, what are you afraid of? I said, everything. She said, whom shall I fear? And I hit this Mm. beautiful three wood to like 20 feet and made birdie. And, um, so, and then fast forward to final stage and she's on the bag and the wheels are coming off. Nothing good is happening. And, Mm. um, about to start raining. We're in Savannah, Georgia. And I was fuming. I'm trying to just keep it together, trying to get through this round because it's just one of the tougher rounds. And she says, just close your eyes and just picture Jesus. And it just brought me to tears. Just like, Mm. I mean, what she said just slowed me down and let me really remember like what every, like the only thing that matters. And, um, you know, like, just kind of brought me to back to ground zero instead of this moment being so big and, you know, um, but yeah, she's, she's great. She's more, she doesn't tell me what club to hit. She tells me, Hey, will like, how can I help you make a better decision? Or, you know, 
she always she, she loves talking about what do you think the dog's doing right now because that's her <laughs> little baby you know yeah we think henley's doing right now she asked me like every all that so it's kind of mm. kind of funny um but but yeah she's she's a great great at caddying what a what a and you didn't say this the first time we recorded this <clears throat> or didn't record yeah. this i guess yeah um, yeah but uh what a what a picture that's applicable applicable way beyond the golf course in the midst of the wheels coming off in your in yeah your, uh, i mean it was onwards. like i was peter yeah <laughs> i was on the water there, yeah. there was a storm all around you know mm-hmm. but and she the, said picture jesus you know but picture uh, name your storm name name yeah. your circumstance where the wheels are coming off parenting uh your job your <laughs> friends your uh your marriage relationship whatever it might be in the yeah. midst of that moment what a beautiful reminder just just picture jesus because we get so yeah. bogged down with the circumstances that all we can see is the circumstance you know mm. and um and seeing beyond um you needing to hit that i can't even imagine hitting a three wood 265 yards <laughs> But yeah. in that moment, that's what you have to have, yeah. and that's all you can see. And she's, wait a minute, yeah, not so much more than that. And uh, man, that's good. Yeah, she, she did a great job. Yeah, no, she, um, she, uh, she's a, she's a blessing. And it, just to add on to that, like second stage for us is the that's the biggest week of the year, right? That's if you get to go to final stage, you, your your world opens up and opportunities and you know all kind of stuff, and so. That was a big week, and I, I felt like it was really cool. Just some of the weeks that we have as golfers, and with the the intensity of our of our job as professional golfers, and when people hear us talking, we're not on the PGA tour yet. We're working there, all right? Y'all? right? It's not just we're not just living lavish, and I mean it's you're losing money yeah. if you don't play well, and and so that. That sec- second stage, I feel like, and I have a buddy that plays that he would say the same thing. It's just, um, man, I just rely on the Lord so much. And I felt like the last day of second stage, I had a freedom that no one else would have unless mm-hmm. they're in the Lord. Yeah. Because these guys are by themselves in Dothan, Alabama, grinding trying to get every shot they can out of their round in order to get to go to final stage, their dream growing up to then play on the corn Ferry tour to then advance to the PJ tour. And I was just like, I know what God has for me is just better than what I have for myself. Like if it happens today, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? Mm. And so I think that there was just something that, about the day that it was just like, it was almost more enjoyable for me because I got to just relax and just trust in the Lord where everybody around you, this is like, they're just, they're white knuckling it the whole day, you know? Yeah. And, and this is their whole identity. And if it doesn't happen a day, it, you know, could tear them down mentally or, you know, it just have to wait a whole nother year to be here. So, yeah. Well, you've mentioned the word identity a couple of times. I want to, I want to talk about that because in, in the sports yeah. world, um, it is a very high majority of athletes and there are exceptions, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think you're one of them, but 
in the sports world, most athletes find their identity in the sport that they play. Yeah. And, um, and, and with that comes my identity or my sense of self-worth comes Mm -hmm. from my performance, right? It's wrapped up, it's intertwined with my performance. Um, golf is a, is a crazy game because you can play great one day and awful the next day and great the next day. Mm, yeah. And so <clears throat> I would, I would like to know your thoughts on, um, first of all, I, I want to ask you about the transition, your transition from your identity being wrapped up in golf. And at what point did it become, and I'm not saying it's perfect now and you get everything right, but at yeah, what point yeah, did you, yeah. did you start to see, Hey, Maybe I'm not just golf. Maybe there's something more to me. And maybe it's the fact that Jesus lives inside of me now. I don't know. But talk about yeah. that moment and then talk about um, the what the pitfalls are of having your identity wrapped up in your performance. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, those are two good questions. So the first one, I would say for sure, when I gave my life to the Lord, I think maybe just where I was. I mean, I was married. I'm a junior in college and I just, I don't feel like my identity, my identity shifted, right? Like from golf to then girls to then being married to golf still being important, but it wasn't everything I loved and everything I desired. And then it almost shifted. It, it, it just wasn't hundred percent wrapped up. Now don't get me wrong. Definitely some of it was, but I think there was a time where I don't know if I prayed this before college or well, no, I prayed this early on in my walk with Jesus. I was like, Lord, if golf isn't for me, that's okay, but don't let me know that until after college. Mm. I remember praying that several times. Like, I want to be faithful from here until the end because I just had – I loved college golf. I loved my coaches. I loved the team. I loved the competition. Like, it was just great. And so I, I remember praying that, and then I remember even my fifth year, like, I was just like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm going to play – pro golf or, or not. Like I was just kind of, kind of up in the air and, um, you know, I just prayed about it and, um, ended up doing it. And even while I've done it, every time I doubted, it seemed like the Lord just gave me some success or something just kind of keep me going. And so, um, yeah, it, I'd say, I mean, my identity has been in hunting before. Mm. I mean, I noticed that like a couple of years ago, I'm like, I'm just crazy about killing a duck, but like, that's not what I'm called to do, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, Matthew 10, I think 26 or I think it's 26, 10, 26. Jesus says two sparrows are bought for a penny a piece and not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly father saying, so how much more does he love you than the birds? I'm not gonna kill one without him, anyways. I mean, <laughs> I might just you know, I'm identity him, you know. So, um, but yeah, I think so. I'll say this: being a Christian, there's there's a 
there's so many things in the Bible that are a coin. And what I mean by a coin, they're two-sided, right? Mm. God calls us to be good stewards of money, but not love it. Mm. Like, and so I wouldn't even say I'm perfect with this. I think I struggle with making sure my identity isn't in golf, but it's my job. It's how I provide for my family. And, you know, so also not loving the money from it, but it's just, I think it's a really hard, hard line to walk as an athlete. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, especially when you add the professional thing in on it, you know, I think before it's a little bit easier because it doesn't provide, you know, right. For financially, but like I, I have a buddy that plays on the corn ferry tour. I wish you could have met him. Uh, one time I was saying something about like, I just feel like, you know, it's it was like, I want to make more playing golf because I want to provide. And he said, you think you provide <laughs> you know, just instant conviction knife through yeah. the heart. And I was like, dang, that was, that was good there, buddy. Yeah. Well, so, you, I, don't, I talk- know I didn't give a good answer, but it's just really hard for me. I identify a singular point where something shifted, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it's definitely a journey. In, in I, I don't, I don't know that. It, and even if there is a moment where, okay, my identity uh, starts being in Christ and not in golf or not in my job or not in whatever, not in whatever sport yeah. I play, whatever films like you've said it perfectly. It's still a, it's still a struggle. It's still a journey because you're having a, you know, especially if you're playing a sport as a profession, you've been playing that sport for 20 years, you know, yeah. uh, more than likely most people have been grinding for in sure. that sport for 15 or 20 years how could it not be part of who you are, you know? And yeah. if you, and if you, and, and in your journey, if that grind has, was all you knew for a long time, and then you came to know Jesus, you mm. got to unlearn some things, you know? And Amen. so it's not, Amen. it's not a, uh, it's not a, a one and done moment and everything's perfect thereafter. Um, but I think it's a constant, um, constant battle to fight so that, yeah. Whatever our identity in, if it's not Christ, be pointed in that direction instead. Uh, because yeah. ultimately it's wrapped up in our performance and we're going to fall short. For sure. it's. I mean, it's just sinking sand, like, because not everything's going to go well all the time. And so, you know, it's just brutal. And I think it's funny because the, like, you get that, yeah. right, John? I mean, when I go to church, sometimes people just want to talk about golf. It's like, can we just not like ask me how I'm doing? Ask me yeah. how my wife's doing. You know, it's like I don't want to talk about my job. You know, and I think America, obviously, culturally speaking, we're all our identity kind of is our job. Sometimes, sure. you know, sure. and and there's this idea of just grind, 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 and stuff will happen. You know. Mamba mentality, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, I think it's, I think it's so hard. And to that, you know, point, I often wonder to what degree can a Christian be the greatest of all time in their sport? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's possible because that sport is not who you are, you know, yeah. I mean, even, 
than watching the football documentary with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. And I mean, I just love that guy. I mean, yeah. he's a rock star. I, I wasn't but, much of a fan. I didn't know much about him before the series. Yeah. I'm a huge fan now. Yeah. Dude, me too. I mean, that guy just. I mean, he loves the Lord, loves his family. And I mean, his sweet little wife just reminds me of mine, just mm-hmm. with her country accent. And, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just like, I mean, obviously you got to have talent too, but it's just like, I don't think you can, you, you, we all have to make sacrifices and I'm just not willing to sacrifice Jesus for, for golf, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. So I, oh, actually the goat, if yeah. we're talking about goats, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, he's probably the closest believer that could become. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's good, you know, like next level, elite level, like top, 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 you know. Yeah. That uh that's ever done it. And he he loves the Lord. So yeah, you know. Well, and, and even if uh if if he or someone else in some other sport uh becomes that, I think to your point the goat would be a label somebody else put on you because yeah. if you're, if your heart is after Jesus then he's given me this talent anyway. For sure. Um, For sure. I was, I was reading uh, in Isaiah this morning and, um, and I'm paraphrasing uh, about eight or nine verses here. One, but it, yeah, it, it was making the point basically why worship the created when you can worship the creator, you mm-hmm. know? And, yeah. uh, and so it's, it's a beautiful thing when people, even as great as they are in their industry, in their sport, whatever it is, when they turn and point to Jesus and as the source yeah. of their, their skill and their ability. All right. So, uh, I want to ask you this because, uh, I love this oh, story. Go ahead. I just think it's funny. You said that because, uh, Webb Simpson, yeah. he, at his, he has a college golf fellowship retreat. Um, and at his retreat, they say he, he lists off the, the first five guys who won the U S open in golf. Uh-huh. And he asked these college kids, y'all know who these guys are and none of them do. Right. And so it's right. like, if we put our faith and worth in even glorifying what someone else is doing, right. Yeah. Like even if I'm the biggest Scotty Scheffler fan ever, like it's like a hundred years, nobody's, nobody's going to know who Scotty Scheffler was, you That's know, right. like, and just like, we don't know who the first five, you know, U.S. Open winners work. So it's just, it's all, it, but I mean, here we are two, 2,000, 23 years later. Yeah. After Jesus came and we're still talking about him, aren't we? That's right. That's right. Well, uh, you, uh, you had a chance to play at Sam Houston. Um, and you guys got married. You and Gracie got married the summer between your freshman and sophomore years. Uh, and this is, I'm jumping back in your journey story because this is, this is before Jesus. Right. But, uh, I, I, as I was preparing for this, uh, interview, I've, I found a story of you breaking your foot at your wedding. And you said something earlier. Um, you, you almost, you almost seemed, um, apologetic that you went to a weekend to remember retreat. I know it doesn't sound manly, but we, we've yeah. had conversations before and, and, yeah. you know, and, and said <laughs> yeah. something about manly, manly Christians, yeah. um, being, being significant in your life. Um, just from a, a performance standpoint, right. Just grinding yeah. through, you broke your foot at your wedding and then you went back and played in the fall season uh, at Sam Houston with a walking boot. Tell us that story. Yes, sir. So I was just, I mean, I was, uh, 
under the influence of spirits. And that's why they call them spirits because they're evil. Yeah. And I took a step and it was just like something just wasn't right. And I thought, man, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and hopefully it'll be better. And I woke up tomorrow and it was not better. So we went and got an x-ray and I had a broken toe. Um, and so they said, you're going to be in a boot for four to six weeks. So I get the boot and I try to play with it. And I shot like 39, like on my home course. My home course is the easiest course ever. <laughs> um, if it was in good shape, literally, I think somebody shot 57 out there. If it was in good shape, somebody could probably shoot 55. It's just hard to wow. make putts like, you know, and it, I mean, just small town country club. You know, I'm not knocking it. So uh, anybody who's a podcast, I'm not being a hater. It just, it is what it is. Yeah. And so I figure out how to turn because it was my right foot and I'm right-handed, I figured out how to kind of just flip my foot over to where my hips can get through. I can get to my left side. And, man, I was sitting in good. And so I go out, like, the next day, and I play at my own course. I shoot, like, eight under. And I was like, we're, here we go. You know, like, I, I can actually play. And we go through qualifying uh, with the team, and I'm on the top five. I'm number two. And, it was just awesome getting to show up on the. I mean, it's like every player at the tournament knows who you are. All the coaches know who you are. And like, it's probably demoralizing. Some of these oh, yeah. guys just get, Absolutely. you get beat by this guy's a cripple, you know, and he's just beating <laughs> you, you know? And so, um, it was really cool. Just like all the respect and stuff I got. And, you know, I think, uh, it's kind of funny because like you were saying earlier, my por my personality is very, I'm very talkative. I'm very open. And a lot of college coaches, I don't know if they didn't, when I was getting recruited, it just didn't seem like they, and looking back, I mean, I just look at myself at 18. I was like, what an idiot. But Most if I was looking do. at myself at 18, they would be like, why is this, this kid just talks and so, like, I'm not recruiting him. He's like more of a distraction, you know? Yeah, and and then it's kind of funny because they're all coming up to me and they're like, "Dude, you're you're amazing! Like, way to fight, man! Way to fight! Like walking, you know, ten or fifteen miles on a on a walking boot, uh, beating their teams." So um, well, the walking part yeah. is is what amazed me because <laughs> yeah, I, I walked. Uh, I, I've probably walked about five rounds of golf in my life. And didn't enjoy any of them, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and to do it in a walking boot and then yeah. have to play. Um, and I think you're playing 36 holes a day too. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, in, that's, uh, that's gutsy. And I think that's probably yeah. what drew it, people to you. For sure. For sure. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a fun time. That's for sure. It was kind of, you know, I think you put, they say watch out for a sick golfer. Because, mm. In golf, we use our mind. Our, it's a battle between your mind and your body, right? Yeah. Basketball, you check the ball in and, I mean, it's just react, right? Yeah. But golf, you're in control of when you pull the trigger. You're in control of your breathing. You're in control of what club you use. It's not reactionary sport. You, mm -hmm. you are the, you know, you start the play, you finish the play. It's more like being a quarterback and being a pitcher. Yeah. They would have way more to relate and being like a wide receiver or, you know, somebody in the outfield. And so that's the, that's the challenging part about it. But 
when you have an ailment, it's like I, I was a little I was probably more one dimensional. I only hit one shot. So I didn't have to, you know, figure out, oh, do I want to hit a cut or a draw or, you know, I was just kind of played more with what you had. Yeah. You know, and and it's funny, you said I had COVID in twenty twenty one and I played uh cornfrey Q Q school and it was the first stage. I was at the first stage and I shot sixty six in the first round and I had COVID that night, uh, and I played the next three rounds anyways, because mm. I mean, I'd spent so much money on Q school and I won the Q school. Wow. So you got to always watch out for a sick golfer. Uh-huh. Cause I was just trying to get my body through it. And I was just so simple. I was just like, okay, 150 yards hit it. I wasn't thinking is the wind a little bit yep. here, a little bit yep. here, a bit, a big nine, a little eight, you know, just, yep. See and do, kind of. Yep. So, mm. um, yeah. Well, you, uh, I, I first met you, as I said, back at the Corn Ferry event, the, the BMW Pro-Am, uh, yes, back at the beginning of June. I was volunteering there, and I was the, um, I was a scorer in your group. So, mm-hmm. I was the the odd man. I was the odd ninth person out, right? So, it's you <laughs> and your caddy, and then three other golfers in their caddy, and y'all have this relationship, and you're working through the round, and I'm just kind of following around with a with an iPad, uh, keeping score. I noticed on the first tee, your, I am second bracelet. And then on the second hole, I overheard you, uh, talking to one of the other golfers who had asked you about this interview. Then, and I'll just, I'll read it, uh, for our listeners, uh, on golf.com, uh, back when you were playing in the 21 USAM, um, you were quoted as saying my three favorite things in the world are Jesus duck hunting and golf in that order. And they said, so you're a hunter with a golfing problem. And you said, no, I'm a Christian with a hunting problem and didn't, didn't even mention golf. Um, and so it's funny. I, I tried to, you know, you, you got to be careful because some golfers are funny about talking on the course. You've mentioned that you, yeah. you do talk a lot and I picked up on that pretty quickly, but there was another golfer that did too. And you guys were talking most of the round. And so I didn't want to just impose because I was supposed to be in the background anyway, but I, I wanted to kind of steal some time to, kind of find out your story and it wasn't until the 16th hole that uh i had a ch- had that opportunity to talk with you and so i kind of hung around you went through something away after you teed off and the rest of the group started walking and i just kind of waited on you and uh turns out that you had <laughs> been waiting on me uh, yeah. uh you went through something away on purpose so that you could have time because uh you end up telling me said yeah after we talked for a minute you're like yeah i wanted to i was like i gotta talk to this guy find out where he stands with jesus and uh, I thought, what a beautiful picture of how you're using your platform uh, to point people to him. Um, but in that moment, I saw your personality, you know, coming out while you play. Uh, what do you, how do you see your, because, uh, you know, we've been talking through this series about people using their unique gifts, their unique platforms mm. um, as ministry. And so we do sports. Right. And we, we you know, people sometimes don't understand. They don't get what really what we do when we go overseas and we spend, you know, 10 days in a country you can't find on a map or we go into prison and play, you know, against the inmates. They think, what? I, I don't get that. What? That's that's ministry. Tell me about how you use golf and your platform with golf as a ministry tool. Um, It's been it's been really cool this last season of my life um just 
how much traveling I've done and man, how many plane rides I've, you know, shared the gospel with or sat next to a Jewish guy, argued with him for a couple hours, you know? <laughs> um, and so that's been really cool because I feel like my grandmother, she was always talk about how great of a personality I have, whatever, you know, it's just, I'm like, Oh, this is just my grandma. And she's like, you just, you got, you're going to be like an evangelist. Like she, she'd kind of throw that around a little bit and I'd be on the plane and I'm, I'm just sharing the gospel with people. And it's amazing to see when it hits like a couple people. I'm like, the spirit like spoke through me. I didn't talk. I didn't say a word mm -hmm. like, God's spirit just spoke to me because it's impacting this person in a crazy way. And so that's been one area that I really have got to enjoy and, and see the fruits of this year. Um, and then I moved back to where, um, where I went to college back into our house here. We like moved away for the Lord, honestly, just provided so much for us. It's so sweet. So my wife, had uh TMJ. We moved to Dallas to follow a couple that um discipled us. And they lived in Fort Worth. We lived in Dallas, it was like 35 minutes away. But we lived right by this physical therapist. And I mean, she this lady helped my wife and just completely changed her life. Complete answer to prayer. We lived there for six months. We did not like it there at all. Um we're kind of small town people. And I was going to say so 6,000 people in your hometown to Dallas. That's yeah. a big jump. And so we, I tell people we dropped the U-Haul off, drove around the block, loaded it back up and came home basically. <laughs> and so, um, but no, it was an answer to prayer just for her jaw, you know, yeah. and that was just, I mean, she couldn't even eat a hamburger. And so mm. the Lord just provided a way to heal her. And, um, and then we moved back and, um, it was a kind of a nice separation. I learned a lot because when I was at Sam Houston, I tried to reach the team, but I tried to reach the whole team, right? Like, cause right. I, I want them all to know Jesus and that's not a bad desire, but you just need one. You mm -hmm. just got to make, and I'm big on discipleship, mm -hmm. like, because walking with people is like the only reason I'm here. The only reason I actually could, you know, like the Holy spirit and community like that's the only reason I'm I'm able to uh to not be addicted to the things I was addicted to, to mm. you know, not struggle with pornography, not struggle with cursing, not struggle with, you know, whatever sin it may be. And so um upon moving back, there was kind of a nice separation of, hey, you used to be in college, now you're not. So I don't have to be overly involved with the team, but I can be involved in enough. And so Pouring into the guys on the team has been really cool. We had a retreat last year with College Golf Fellowship. Go check out that ministry. It's amazing. Uh, they just really try to love on college golfers where they're at. And so we did that. And then that kind of catapulted us into a little Bible study with some of the guys on the team. And then um, be praying for us because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have like 25, 30 people over to my house. I'm going to preach the gospel. Somebody's going to share their testimony. And we're just going to say, Hey, if you want to be come to this, like we're here for you. If you don't, mm. don't, you know, we just need faithful, available and teachable people. Mm. And so, um, that's kind of 
that's kind of what the Lord has done uh, and really being able to pour into these college kids and, and use, I mean, four, you have four hours with somebody on a golf course. Like that's a great time to talk about Jesus, you know? Yeah. And I really like, like I just saw you and I was like, I'm about to get this guy. And <laughs> it's funny cause my caddy Jack, he's like, um, he's like kind of on the fence. Like I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm praying for him. I hope he, you know, goes all in. Like he wants to follow the Lord. He's just kind of, he's the lone ranger right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm just concerned for him, but he came with us that week. And then the following week, and it was really cool. I was just really thankful that the Lord gave me two weeks with him just to live basically with him. And, um, and so I got to, sh- I got to kind of show him how to share the gospel. Right. Mm. And in, in person. And then the next week we're at a tournament in Wichita and we're talking to these kids that are doing what you you did. They were holding the, the sign, right? You know, they were holding the sign on what we're shooting or whatever. And we had a big weight on a tee box and I'm sharing the gospel with them. And he just, Jack comes in like my sidekick and just throws something out there. And me and my wife were just like, just so excited and, uh, you know, it was just sweet getting to yeah. watch him, you know, engage in that. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, I don't know where the Lord will, will lead, uh, through golf or, or what his his plans are with that, um, using, using sports as a ministry tool, but, um, yeah, I mean, I know a FCA guy and he plays like disc golf and all these other sports just so he can reach people that he wouldn't normally get to reach. And yeah, so I think that's really cool. So maybe well, I'll, hopefully I can meet some people on the pickleball court. Cause that's kind of my new thing. That's your Lately, I've been, we've been tearing up the pickleball court. We love it, man. We brought our paddles whenever we were in South Carolina. I mean, we're addicted. <laughs> well, I guess that's a, that's a, that's a good addiction. Um, I, uh, as you're, as you're talking and I'm just thinking about, all right, so you are, you're living out your faith and you're sharing your faith, but with Jack and in particular, the guy, your teammate, former teammate that was caddying for you, yeah, he's seeing that play out. And Mm -hmm. so in that moment, you're not only impacting the, the kids holding, holding up the scoreboards, but you're impacting Jack who's watching it. And I just think what a, what a, what a picture of all of our lives, because at that moment in time, you were just talking to two or three guys, right? And we think that ministry belongs to the professionals, the guys who have a microphone, the guys who are on the platform, the guys who have, uh, you know, 150,000 followers on social media, whatever it is. That's comical. Yeah. And, and what you're doing is you are, and that's the beautiful thing about the Great Commission. And and most people hear the word go and make disciples of all nations. I hear it go and I hear nations. That means a plane. <laughs> but, but go, the, the actual tense of the word go is as you are going. And the mm. word for nations is actually ethos is the Greek word, which means people, people groups. And, mm. uh, and so as you are going, make disciples of all people groups. And those kids were uh, following you guys around that afternoon 
because they're probably aspiring golfers and it was a chance for them to be inside the ropes, you know? And, um, that's a, that's a, that's a platform. That's a moment. That's a, that's an audience that you have that I don't have. And I, and I, I want to make that point to everybody listening because we sometimes think we don't have an audience because it's not quantifiable, right? Or it's not a large number or it's not a specific set time that this is ministry, mm. right? And, you know, you, and it, it took a backup, you know, you're sitting in a tee box waiting to, waiting to tee off yeah. again. And then you're right there with those guys. God put those guys in, in your life, in that moment, in that setting and calls the, calls the log jam on the golf course so that you would have the chance to do that. And that's an opportunity nobody else has. And so uh, with, with our people listening, I, I just want to just use that as a springboard to say, Hey, listen, there are log jams in everybody's life, right? There are moments where we get backed up and we're stuck with somebody. Maybe we don't know, or we don't know that well, but God or uniquely ordained that moment so that we could have an influence and an internal impact on their life. And so yeah. I want to thank you for being obedient uh, in that for sure. Yeah. It's funny you said that because like there was one uh, kid that I shared the gospel with a couple of weeks ago and I just was like not trying to at all. And he just kept talking to me and I was like, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him. Like, <laughs> here you go. Like, it was just like the conversation just kept dragging out. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to look for an end. And then I took it. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, so, I mean, how much do we have to hate people to not share? And, mm. you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not that bold or whatever. Like the Holy Spirit gives gives that boldness. And, um, you know, we just have to to go, like you said, go and share. It's Sometimes it's scary. And sometimes I think the hard part for me being the age I am is, you know, talking to older people maybe mm -hmm. right it's like well they think they know it all you know yep. and it's like well i just gotta i've gotta be obedient with what i'm called to do and i tell my wife all the time like i mean we we often forget about the guy who shared the gospel with billy graham mm -hmm. you know we often forget about the guy who you know share the gospel with, I don't know, whoever our Billy Graham of our generation yeah. is, but it's like, man, he was just being obedient in that time. And if he hadn't been obedient, then like the Lord couldn't have used Billy Graham. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, don't, don't pass up cause you might be sitting next to the next Billy Graham on the mm -hmm. airplane. Well, and you never know all, all God requires of us is obedience. He doesn't require yeah. any kind of results. Uh, you know, 100%. He, there's no quota <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah. we had to fulfill, you know, all he's, all he wants is our obedience. And that's a, that's a great picture to think about the person mm -hmm. who led the person that we've all heard of to Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just think about the guy who discipled the guy who discipled me. Mm. I mean, praise God for that. Praise God for whoever preached the gospel to him. Like, yeah. where would I be without that? You know, and then, thinking about all the other college students that were in that same ministry. I mean, it was just, it was pretty big, like 50, you know, 60 college students at least, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and then what they've done now, right. So it's, it's, 
I heard this the other day. Your decision affects seven generations down. Wow. Away from you. So, like, I mean, I'm sure you could say the same thing about the guy who discipled you or whatever. You never know the ripple effect, um, the impact it's going to have on you and on those close to you, but probably more importantly, those not close to you. Um, Mm. As you, as you, as you share and other people become grasp what obedience looks like and what it means in their life, because obedience in your life looks different than obedience in my life and obedience in the listeners lives look different than ours uh, because God puts us in different places and with different people and in different situations. Um, I mean, I can sit here and talk to you all day, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm safe in saying this and this is how I always wrap up the podcast. I say all that to say this, but really, I think we say all this, all that to say this. Uh, God can use anything in anyone in any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, listeners, he wants to use you and your gifts and your passions uh, to do something in you and even through you that you wouldn't believe, even if he told you beforehand. And uh, when you're able to match up your gifts and your talents with that purpose, which is what you've done, Will, it's a beautiful thing uh, because you're you're where God places you you're using the gifts he's given you Mm. and um and you're you're following his plan and purpose for your life which is the best place to be so i want to thank you for being obedient and i want to thank you for being willing to be a part of the podcast for the second time and for sure for sure and i just encourage the listeners like that it's it's a it's pure joy that we get to share the gospel okay like when i've seen it affect people and i'm like Dude, that wasn't me sharing it. That wasn't yeah. a seed planted. That was a tree uprooted. You know, mm. it just, I mean, you just don't forget that stuff. And that's just more fulfilling than any master's victory. Uh, any, I mean, how much would you pay for somebody to know the Lord? I'm sure mm. we all have family members that we wish knew the Lord and yeah. it's like friends or whatever. I mean, so, um, yeah. Just encourage y'all to 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 share because it's a blessing to share. It's a joy that we get. Like, there's a reason that God calls us to it. He could have just done it all himself. Yeah. But there's for some reason I don't. I mean, I think that that's just better for us. You know. Yeah. So. Well, Will, I appreciate you being a part of the the podcast. Guys, as a reminder, uh, we release this podcast on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, maybe you're one of Will's friends and you're checking it out for the first time, you can go back and check out episode one and learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but more importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we're now sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Uh, And if you want to find out more about the ministry, you can go to impactsportsonline.org or you can follow us on social media, Impact Sports INT on Instagram and Impact Sports International on Facebook. Thanks again, Will, for joining us and we'll see you next time when I say all that to say this.